Howdy. What's hey. up? Uh, listeners, welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And today, you guys, we're talking about aliens. Mm. Bleep bloop. Bleep bloop. That's what they say. <laughs> How have you guys been? Doing well. Doing yeah. well. I'm here. Yeah. Got abducted. No, he did not. <laughs> did he did not. Not even funny jokes. Scary stuff right there. <laughs> um, yeah, all this alien research has got my brain in dark places, but I'm, mm. I'm excited to talk. because in dark places. Yeah, but just some some general announcements, Why don't you, you spend some alone time with us? Yeah, your favorite, <laughs> favorite people. So Alex, talk to them about announcements while I pull up our little list of... Oh, uh, the, the planned announcements. Um, well, we're recording this episode right now that you're listening to. Uh, there's a tone in the background that James just got. What um, was that? James? My guess it was a text from like maybe Jean Claude Van Damme, That'd be awesome. Arnold Schwarzenegger. But all right, you guys, I'm obviously going to give my shout outs to all of our listeners around the globe. Mm. And today, we're going to give a shout out to. The Philippines. Nice. Hello to our listeners in the Philippines and also Mexico. We got a lot of listeners in Mexico. Sub Mexico. And cool. then when it comes to the USA, I know that last week we said we were going to see who won between Indiana oh. and Ohio, you guys. Who was it? The winner was Indiana. So, Way to go, round Indiana. of applause for Indiana. <laughs> Thank you guys for telling all of your friends and family members about the show and sharing the love. We really like it. So yeah. <laughs> I also want to give a little shout out to all of our, our peeps in New York. Cause they also had a lot of listens this yeah. month. So. Oh, deal. Yeah. Also you guys, if you like our podcast, um, we are growing considerably, but if you like us enough, we hope you'll leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us grow the show even more. And yeah. As the show grows, you guys, there might be some possibility of more stuff coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, are, we got big plans. Big plans. But yeah, if you guys want to leave us a review, that would be handy dandy. Five stars, obviously. <laughs> yeah. P- yes, please. However many stars you think we deserve. No, James, no. don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> so... Sir James, you have an icebreaker for us today, right? I do. Uh, Well, today's going to be a little different, and we're going to be talking about our favorite UFO stories, real encounter stories, things that have either been documented or personally experienced. So I thought a good icebreaker for that would be, if you could meet a fictional alien of your choice, who would it be? Ooh. A fictional alien. Fictional alien. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it would be cool to meet the little aliens from that movie with Amy Adams where she like speaks to them with like the little symbols. What's it called? Oh, Arrival. Arrival, but I also think that I'd be scared to death. Yeah, those things are horrifying. Yeah, I, I'm really shocked you didn't say ET. Wow. Okay. He seems nice, but honestly, I think that I think that, that movie scarred me as a child because it's like, you know, the very end of the movie when they're all in like the little dome uh-huh. and they're that terrified me. And so I think that I just have some scary moments around that. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I watched it when I was too young. Uh, well, for me, I would definitely, you know, here's a little known fact. The Mogwai from Gremlins are actually aliens. In the book, they elaborate on that. So a Mogwai would be pretty dang cool to hang out with. Do you want a fun fact from me? Go for it. 
I've never seen that movie oh, before. Oh. That was the first movie I ever saw. Was it really? Yeah. I can't believe you remember that. I'm sure that I saw something really stupid like The Little Mermaid. I don't know. Yeah. Alex, uh, Alex, who would you pick? I would probably pick... Are Gremlins aliens, though? Yeah, he just, he just said that. Okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Sorry. I, just, <laughs> I must have missed it. Um, I would say fictional aliens. Yeah. <sighs> that I would be friends with? Yeah. Yeah. So not the Xenomorph and not... Uh, I was going to... Oh, okay. Not not John Carpenter's say, The Thing, obviously. Oh. <clears throat> well, these are all things I would want to be friends with because no. then I could take over with them. I changed my, my, changed <laughs> my answer. Alone. I would want to meet Peter Quill. Uh, wait, 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 wait. He's from Earth, though. No, he's well, he is. That's a good point. Good point. He is happy. He was born on Earth, though. He was born on Earth. Mm. Yeah, but he's. Mm. Does it count? Fine, then. I would pick uh, Groot. (laughs) I want to meet Groot. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'd like Rocket Raccoon. He'd give me some big weapons. Is that that your choice? Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. He'd also take your mechanical eye. <laughs> Little known <laughs> fact to all of our, our listeners, Alex has a mechanical eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or click, click, click. Or. Yep. Oh, so, all right. Well, you guys, that was our icebreaker. I think it's time for us to talk about some alien encounters. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite topics. I do, too. There's so many. Yeah. There's well, this so is many. the thing. Like, when, when it comes to researching for this topic, it's like, <laughs> Which one do I pick? There are just so many I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, was... who's going first? I think James. Are you going first? Uh, I think Alex is going first. Oh, I'm going. First. Oh yeah, Alex. That's right. You already forgot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just. That's all right. I'm known to be pretty forgettable. All right, so <laughs> mine is the story of Antonio Villas Boas. Mm. Yes, he's from Brazil, specifically São Francisco de Sales. Did it happen in Brazil? Brazil? Yes. Yes, in October 1957 is when it all starts. Mm. Okay, so this is a long alien encounter story. This is a what? Long? It starts in 1957 and ends in... Just let me tell my story. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, it's not too long, but it is kind of long. So he's a farmer. He's out in the fields with his brother. They're plowing the fields at night because apparently the, the heat is just so brutal during the day. They're doing actually a lot of work at night. Oh, yeah. It's kind of swampy down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet it is, too. Ooh. And so... They're out there working, and suddenly they see this ball of light up in the sky, which, you know, it's going to get your attention in the middle of the night, but it's so bright that they can't really look at it. And so Antonio's kind of trying to, he's trying to get a good look at it, but he can't quite look at it, and he leaves his brother behind while he's trying to find this thing, right? And as he approaches, the thing starts to back away, and then it starts to emit all these beams of light in all these different directions, and then... It jets off, not to be seen, for a couple more days. <laughs> okay. So a couple days later, he's out in the field working by himself this time. His brother, I guess, is just a lazy oaf this night, and so he's just out there underneath the beautiful lights. And he notices this red-looking thing in the sky again, but it looks like it's further away. Now, the weird thing is, is that this thing starts getting bigger and brighter, and it's clearly starting to come for him. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't like that. Whatever the other ship saw, it liked, right? So, he he realized that it it was the same thing, and rather than, you know, run away like 
I think a lot of us would do. Right. Except for James. <laughs> right. He decided he decided to approach it like James would. Yeah. And this egg-shaped craft uh, starts to descend and it's it's rotating, it's really bright, and it, it lands <laughs> on its three metal legs. Ooh. Yeah. And Boa says he's not too far from the, the ship at this time, and this five foot tall <laughs> this Uh-oh. five foot tall humanoid Dressed in a helmet and gray overall or coveralls. Gray coveralls. You know, <laughs> I kept picturing overalls when I read this. <laughs> I've seen like a lot of people who apparently see aliens and a lot of stories I've been looking at. They're wearing coveralls or overalls. They're comfortable. Yeah. They're comfortable. <laughs> so, of course, he's wearing them. Of course, he's wearing blue jean coveralls. That's not true. No. I made that up. But I guess the sight of a descending spaceship wasn't scary enough. So only when he saw the alien did he decide to flee. He's like, whoa. <laughs> You're right. So, so, so he hops on his tractor and tries to get out of there. But the problem wait, wait, wait. I was about to say, it's like a tractor does not go fast. Yes. The story says he gets on a tractor. <laughs> so I just picture him going like five miles an hour. <laughs> And eventually, apparently, his tractor actually breaks down, and he has to go on foot. I'm like, well, so he's going faster now, right? Wow. Yes. He doesn't, obviously, he doesn't get very far. (laughs) He doesn't get very far. And then the alien, along with three other aliens, managed to catch him. And they, they, he notices that they, they communicate through a series of yelps and barks, which I just picture it being like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, like, like the raptor? Like your, like your raptor? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so they drag him They drag him to his craft. He can't fight back. They're pretty strong. And they, they, throw, him, they throw him in this brightly lit room. And they just... They smother him in oh like in lube. <laughs> he says it's a slick gelatinous substance. So they just they, they strip him of his clothes and they just lube him up. It's like, now I'm just kind of horrified. So he's just this greasy, so, this poor man. So he's all he's all shiny. He looks good. He looks he looks like a newborn at this point. So. <laughs> So then they move him to another room. They make a small incision on his chin to get Ooh. some blood. Just a small oh. one. It's not that bad. Oh, yeah. Good Says the guy. Oh, no. And so he said, so there he is, all lubed up. He's naked. They move him to another room. He says that they put this gas into the room and it makes him throw up. All right. Mm. And then <laughs> an hour later, after sitting in this room, this door opens. Mm. And... From all these other beings, this very attractive female oh, being no. with long platinum hair, large blue eyes. Ooh. And <laughs> I don't know if this is a direct quote, but <laughs> the article I got this from at Mysterious Universe said that by Boas's description, totally hot. <laughs> Which I don't think is a word, is a phrase you'd use in 1957. But I don't know. I wasn't back there. So, but according to Boas, they went ahead and had a good time together, mm-hmm. as you do after you've been greased up. Gosh. So, <laughs> after, 
So after after they had their good time, she rubbed her belly, indicating baby. <laughs> and then he got dropped back off <laughs> at his tractor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> realized that four hours had passed, and he <laughs> suddenly had these strange burns on his body that he never remembered actually getting. Now, the weird thing is, is this encounter with the mystery lady, or maybe his time on the ship in general, but it sounds like he may have gotten some sort of STD. Oh my gosh. He gets pains through his entire body. He gets nausea, headaches, loss of appetite. Uh, and then he also has these lesions just appearing, like coming and going all throughout his body, like even at the slightest bump of anything. Wow. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> if you suspect you have Beetlejuicy and herpes, ask your doctor <laughs> about Asterix. <laughs> Oh my god! So, so this story is actually one of the earliest uh, UFO stories to really catch on. Mm. Really? Yeah, I've never a, heard of it before. Yeah, yeah. They say that it's quite. It, it's talked about quite a bit, but a lot of people back in 1958 actually started to really criticize the story, uh, mostly because there was a similar, a similar account. That was talked about in a popular magazine called O Cruzero. Cruzero? And they said that it seems like that may have influenced him. Mm. And it also, there's some other bizarre alien reports that were written by a ufologist, Georges? Georges Adamski? Georges Adamski? I don't I'd know. I just call him George. Yeah. George sure. Adamski. But the problem is, is, you know, his story happens in 1957, but his story got really big in 1958, which is actually when all of these other publications were around. And so a lot of people think that what he actually did, because his story wasn't big in 1957, that's when it happened. Yeah. So what they think he did, and there's no proof of this, but what they think he did was he read these stories he backdated it to make it sound more prevalent. Yeah. And just lied about it. Now, the interesting is, is that Boas, he never said that he wasn't picked up by aliens. He stuck to his guns until he died in 1992. That this happened. Jeez. And he wasn't actually crazy. He became a respected lawyer. I feel like this is something you went well, through your life to you die, but I, he did. Yeah, but if you're a lawyer... You don't want people to, to discredit you. you. Ah. So and then you're just embarrassed about that big lie you told all those years ago. Yeah, exactly. About being <laughs> I mean, taken advantage I mean, of on a spaceship. What you talk about being greased up by aliens? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, I've you heard, don't go back. I've read a lot of alien encounter stories, like a ton of them, and I've never heard anybody who says that they were greased up. <laughs> it's like I've heard of people who say that they've been taken advantage of, which. Right. Yeah. No, thank you, but I've never heard of greased up. That wasn't the terminology he used. I'm just saying. I just like, my favorite part is that he got on his tractor straight yeah. to escape. Like, yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> I was like, wait, that'd be slower than running. Yeah. Why would you do that? He, and oh, if he man. were a lawyer, he would have known that. Well, he wasn't a lawyer at the I don't time. He became yeah, a exactly. lawyer later on. That's I don't believe the, the, He passed the bar with the added IQ that he got from the jelly they rubbed on him. That's oh. right. That's a smart jelly. <laughs> smart how did they jelly. how did they cure his uh his issue? His, what? His 
Oh, it eventually I, it eventually went away. All, all mm-hmm. of his problems, all of his like his burns, and yeah, all that stuff eventually went away. But okay, yeah, Good. took some time. Man, well, Jesus, <laughs> Louise. Well, we started off with a bang, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys. I guess it's my turn to talk. You guys ready? And yeah. James is gonna wrap us up today, but I'm going second. And you guys, I'm gonna be covering the so-called alien abduction of Frederick. Valentich. And he's actually Australian, so mm. we're going to go down under for this story. He's an Aussie. <laughs> and this story is its a little different than most alien stories at, uh, that we normally discuss because after the alleged abduction, Frederick was never seen again. Oh. oh. That's like the exact words I have in my notice. Oh. Okay, so Frederick Valentich, he was a pilot and he flew planes back in 1978 and he was the ripe age of 20 when this occurred. Hmm. And he's actually very handsome, but that's not important. It's just off the top of my head. But Valentich, he took to the air in a little Cessna plane for some training on October 21st, 1978. And it was supposed to be a 125 nautical mile trip over Bass Strait, Australia. And he was going to go to Kings Island. And during his trip, something a little strange happened, you guys. He's flying his little plane, and then he contacts Melbourne Air Traffic Control at 7.06 p.m. local time. And he's like, and this isn't verbatim, I'm paraphrasing this, but he's like, Melbourne Air Traffic Control, are there any other aircraft flying lower than 5,000 feet right now? Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, no. <laughs> and Valtich is like, he tells them, he's like, there's something above me. And it's made of shiny metal, and it has four green lights along its bottom, and it's following me. And it's about a thousand feet overhead. I was going to say, it turns out it was just the ceiling. It was <laughs> cockpit. Well, he, I'll we'll get into that in a minute. But then he told traffic control that the object might be messing with him, like it might be another pilot that's messing with him. And then it was orbiting over him. And I, I read at some points it was apparently stationary, which is weird because plane doesn't really do that. And then he was suddenly having problems with his engine. So traffic control was like, can you identify the the aircraft? Like, what is it, bro? And Valentich's response, he just said, quote, it's not an aircraft. Then Mm. traffic control reports hearing a terrible metallic scraping sound and then just static. Valentich was gone. And that was the last that anyone heard of him. They did look for him by air and sea for four days, which doesn't seem like a very long time to me, but they did. They looked for him, and they couldn't find him. Mm. So, yeah. The first plane? Well, boy, I'm not done talking about my story yet. <laughs> so, there are several theories as to what happened to him. And uh, just a little more background on Valentich. Uh, an article from skepticalinquirer.org that came out in 2013, it apparently shared a little bit more information about who he was as a person. And the authors did research on the incident for a television show. So they did look into this thoroughly. But they wrote that Frederick was a UFO enthusiast. So that was according to his father. His dad apparently said that Frederick had seen a UFO at some point in his life. And he was worried about them. Like He was like, what am I going to do if I ever come hmm. you know, into contact with a UFO while I'm flying? Right. So he, he probably had UFOs on the brain while he's up in the air. Like if he's... A, obsessed with aliens and ufos he's probably going to be looking for them when he's up in the sky okay so one theory is that he was 
simply an inexperienced pilot. He got disoriented and he crashed his plane, which is possible. Sure. Uh, and I don't know much about flying planes, but it said <laughs> that he had he had only 150 hours flying time. So, oh, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some people, some of the articles I read said that he was inexperienced, and then I read some that said he was moderately experienced. So I don't know if 150 hours is a lot. Ten times that is required in the U.S. at least to get your license. So yeah, he was inexperienced. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if we have if we have any pilots listening, reach out to me on, on our Instagram account at Thirteenth Floor Podcast because I would actually I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Tell us what you would have done to that UFO. But, well, <laughs> Skeptical Inquirer they also found that he failed several flying tests. Mm. He'd applied to be in the Royal Australian Air Force twice, and they rejected him each time for inadequate education. And then he started studying for his commercial pilot's license, but he failed all those tests twice. Golly. So. Yeah. I'm thinking of like SpongeBob now wow. in boating school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Some, some, oh, SpongeBob. He, Why? I just feel so bad Why? for him. I just feel so bad for him. He was trying, you guys. But yeah. on top of this, he also had three dangerous incidents on his flying record. So once he strayed into a restricted air zone, which Ooh. if he did that nowadays, no. Yeah. And then two times he also blindly flew directly into a cloud, which is another big no-no. Oh. And they, I read that he, there was talk about him being prosecuted possibly for those two things. So yeah, was, big no-no. Yeah. So some people, and a lot of people really, suspect that he was just in an accident and that's what happened to him. Uh, and that he may have been disoriented by, quote, tilted horizon, which can happen when the sun is like starting to set because everything yeah. kind of looks dark except for that little sun. So uh, it makes the horizon look tilted, obviously. And then an inexperienced pilot might try to compensate for that tilt and actually end up flying their plane directly into the ground. Mm. In his case, it would have been the ocean. But he would have taken what's called a graveyard spiral. So if there was, I mean, it's possible he could have seen the UFO and just been distracted and not looking at his plane's controls, and that could have happened. Or, you know, it's just he wasn't an experienced pilot. Mm. But another indicator that this may have happened is, you, you guys remember I said that he reported having problems with his engine. Right. If you go into a graveyard spiral, the G-forces on the plane would have caused the aircraft to run into engine failure because of the specific system it had. Mm. So that would have also made sense. And I also read that it's possible that he may have been briefly flying upside down in his plane and he might have seen the reflection of his own plane's gears or lights, the green ones in the ocean water below. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot of people think that's what happened to JFK Jr. Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what what a lot of people believe. And that's Mm. what actually the article that I read mentioned that exact incident Uh. kind of comparing, Hmm. but Another theory, you guys, and there are lots of different theories. Like I'm just going over the big ones, the ones that I guess are most possible, kind of. But another theory is that Valtich staged everything and disappeared intentionally. Mm. He could have either obviously committed suicide, which is surprising. I remember when I was working in news, there was a pilot who did it in the French Alps, I think it was. But there are wow. pilots sometimes who just feel like, oh, I'm just going to you know, fly my plane off into the sunset. Phew. But... Another possibility is that he could have just made everything up and then landed the plane safely, which one article that I read, it said that Melbourne police did get a report of a small plane landing not far away from where Valatich disappeared. 
But I don't put much weight into that theory because wouldn't they have been able to find his aircraft? Like if he had landed it safely, hmm. unless he pushed it in the ocean. Unless I don't he know. Fell into a kangaroo. I don't know. Well, <laughs> the last theory I'm gonna go over. This is the reason we're here, you guys. Mm-hmm. Aliens. Oh. <laughs> he could have been killed or abducted by aliens. Yeah. But obviously, with everything that he reported, one might obviously suspect that little green man in a flying saucer picked him up and whisked him away. But yeah. uh, there was also apparently some photograph that someone took when he went missing that shows something in the sky, which I could not for the life of me find. But it was supposed oh. to, it supposedly showed a UFO near where he disappeared around the exact same time. But hmm. I watched a really great video by BuzzFeed. It's actually one of their unsolved supernatural videos, and it's hilarious. I, Alex, I feel like I've watched these with you before, but it's got somebody who's a believer and someone who's like a true skeptic going Ooh. over stories. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't think I've se- ever seen one of these. So. Oh, it's it's they're so funny, but they, um, they go over this encounter, and uh, I highly recommend watching that video if you can find it. But they showed the picture in that video, um, so you could see it there. But when I tried to find it independently on another website, I could not find this picture to save my life. Hmm. But anyways, after Valentich went missing, the police started to actually get a lot of reports about sightings of odd objects in the sky around the place and time that Valentich disappeared, including one report that was from an unnamed farmer who claimed to have seen Valentich's plane stuck to the side of UFO leaking oil. But he says that he saw it the morning after Valentich disappeared. But again, no name for that farmer. And a lot of people have tried to track that guy down just to see if he's, you know, credible, but nobody can find him. So I also don't put much weight into that. But Skeptical Inquirer also found a quote from a man named Ken Williams, who was the spokesperson for the Department of Transport in 1978 when all this happened. And he said, quote, it's funny, all these people ringing up with UFO reports well after Valentich's disappearance, end quote. So his story made headlines. So it's hard to really know if any of these reports are credible it could just be somebody who wants to have their name in the paper or Mm. they want to be oh i saw an alien too you know what i mean yeah happens all the time Mm. could have very well been the case in your story alex could have but (laughs) the uh the bureau of air safety investigation did release a report on this incident in 1982 so it was quite a while after it actually happened but they stated that the reason for the disappearance was undetermined but quote it was presumed fatal Mm. and five years after he disappeared an engine cow flap was apparently found washed ashore not far away and it was found to have belonged to a Cessna plane with the same range of serial numbers as the one that Valentich had been flying when he disappeared so the end of the day you guys he probably crashed his plane or he planted it and he's playing just the greatest long con Oh, who knows? I mean, he probably would still be alive today. Mm-hmm. If he was 20 and 78. Oof. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. If he if he's out there, I hope he reaches out to us. But I think he disappeared. He's been disappeared for like, what, 40 years? He's been disappeared. He's been, dis- <laughs> he's been disappeared. He's been disappeared for a while. The Kentucky and me's coming out. Sorry, James. I don't need oh, to say anything. Oh, wow. You slandered him. Yeah. I'm sorry, James. Look, you're not from there. <laughs> I'm allowed to talk like that because I am from there. Okay, James. Sir James. Yeah. I'm done with my story. It's your turn. Okay. Well, 
It's kind of funny, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of love from Australia lately, and my story also takes place in Australia. And Ooh. while I, I looked on many, many sites for more and more details, I must give a shout out to the Sydney Morning Herald for having the Ooh. best title for it, which is the Oz <laughs> Files. <laughs> I love that. Okay. This is, um, I, I might cover a couple of other uh, Australian cases, but um, my main focus is the story of Kelly Cahill. So Kelly Cahill was a uh, mother in Melbourne, and in 1993, she was driving home from a friend's house in the Dandenongs. <laughs> Those place names, man. And they saw what they assumed at first was a blimp, and it had circular orange lights all over it, and it was just ahead of them down the road. Uh, airborne, obviously. So... What ends up happening, though, is it gets closer to the point that it illuminates the entire interior of the car. And then she feels, uh, bear in mind, this is all from her testimony. She says that she felt just a sudden listlessness or comfort, almost like she was being anesthetized. So <laughs> what ends up happening is she wakes up in this this UFO and figures are hovering over and it's a very unpleasant experience that in of itself she has trouble remembering but later she was actually hospitalized with severe stomach pains and mm -hmm. doctors discovered a triangle shaped mark near her belly button mm. they could not explain what had happened there they they in fact i think a lot of them initially assumed that this was some sort of self mutilation but bear in mind, she was with someone else that night. So someone corroborated her story. So it's not like this is just on, on her own. Now, what's really interesting to me, this is one of the things that I, I really wanted to cover for this reason. Afterwards, she had recurrent visions of tall, skinny shadow beings with red eyes. Hmm. So what I find interesting about that is... We've talked about this before. As someone who experiences sleep paralysis and as someone who has seen shadow people, I regularly dismiss things like this as being a result of uh, sleep paralysis rather than an actual yeah. abduction right. story. And yet in this instance, we have something that's sort of gone in reverse order. We have a witness who can corroborate the story. We have an encounter uh, scenario that happens during waking life not just before bed we have an instance where the person has had physical symptoms been hospitalized and a mark has been observed so we're dealing with something a lot more objective in that instance right. and then it subsequently follows or is followed by these these shadow figures and these symptoms that i would under normal circumstances regard as sleep paralysis so the reason why i wanted to cover this more than anything is that it really throws a wrench and a lot of the stories that I just normally dismiss, because yeah. in this instance, hands down, there's more to the story than just sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very disconcerting. Uh, I don't know. Like that that did weirds they, me out. Hmm? Did they find anything in like her belly near the, the little mark or was it just like what was causing her stomach pain? That's was the thing is there was never anything beyond that just determined. Um, which, you know, that, that I'm not trying to slag on, uh, you know, medical science because I have a great deal of respect for the scientific method, but 
I think that it's generally just something that was dismissed. I mean, if you think about it, if you go see a doctor over something like that, they're not going to think, oh, well, well, you're, you're, yeah. Now they do know that she had a womb infection and that was because she started her period in an irregular time uh, shortly Mm. thereafter. So that, you know, that's, that's another indication to me because if she had made an incision that deep, deep enough to get an infection, you would think that wouldn't have been something that she could have done uh, just in terms of dealing with the the pain of it, um, yeah. if it was just self-mutilation. Self-mutilation uh, wounds tend to be relatively shallow. Hmm. So, yeah. and but, but she also remembers seeing those shadowy figures during the, the initial encounter. And uh, she said that when that happened, she began screaming and that she felt uh, a blow to her stomach. So, Jeez. yeah. And bear in mind, okay. this is this is corroborated by... Uh, uh, her husband, who was with her, I think I said friend earlier, but I, I meant husband. It was one of those. Um, I brain mean, farts. her husband probably was one of her friends. That's a good point. <laughs> so, Jeez. shortly thereafter, other women have made similar claims under uh, regression hypnosis. But again, that's another one of those things where you kind of have to exactly. It's one of those things where you have to take it with a pinch of salt, depending on the the temperament, training, and and oh. overall efficacy of the hypnotist. So, yeah. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Scary. And uh, I thought if there's time, I'll cover one other little one. It's nowhere near yeah. as dark. Um, and the reason why I wanted to cover it is because the, the name inspired an Australian television show, but oh. the show has nothing in common with, uh, with the actual thing. It's uh, the Kettering incident, which takes place in Tasmania's Kettering. So basically what happened was this is a really short story, but in 1976, there was a fellow living in uh, Kettering and his kid woke him up and she said that, you know, something was outside. So he he looks to the window and he sees uh, what he initially thought was a plane falling to the uh, Little Oyster Cove, which was, you know, right across the, the area. So he decides I'm going to go see what that is, which is so shocking. But I think he thought it was a, well, he did think it was a plane. So yeah. he's in his PJs. He just runs out there in his PJs. And the when he gets there, he sees this big dome that's humming. No. And yeah. Right. So he, he freaks out. He's like, no, 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 this is a bad dream. No, 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 no. <laughs> and he, he goes back home, back to bed, probably tells his kid to go back to bed too. But the next morning, Assuming it was all a dream, you know, he goes into back to that area and there's a mm-hmm. patch of scorched grass in the shape Oof. of that humming dome. Hell no. Yeah. Freaky stuff, huh? That's terrifying, James. Yeah. Listen, why didn't you go first? I'm not going to sleep now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh. I mean... Australia. You Just guys. think about the man listen. trying to run away from an alien on tractors. No, listen, listen. <laughs> Australia is known for like the big, creepy, scary animals, and now, now I've got aliens to worry about on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> but we've got those here too, so they don't have to worry. Yeah, those are all over. Hmm. I bet you James would love to have a spider as big as his face. Oh yeah, they got uh, they got a tarantula in Australia that they call a whistling spider. Um, and it's got stridulating organs, so when it gets mad, it hisses like a cat. It's scary. Yeah. And then when you walk by on the street, a cat calls you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't whistle. You can't whistle? Yeah, Alex, Whatever. Oh, Alex man. can't whistle. Yeah, he I can like whistle that. in uh, three different ways. 
Let me hear your four different whistles, ways. James. Okay, He's I can do his weird throat whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do regular lip whistle. I can do teeth whistle. I can do the back of the mouth whistle. And I can do the creepy throat whistle. <sighs> James. James. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's Alex. Alex is trying to do it. Here, I'll do my teeth whistle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Here we man. go. That's our, our special talents, you guys. Yeah. Alex, will you grab the vase? I've got my little jacket over top. Oh, of my gosh. Yeah, your jacket literally has no hindrance on your mobile. It does, though, because it's over top of my headphones. You know what I mean? Boop. I'm wearing it backwards. You know what? You are correct. Yeah, oh, I'm wait. correct. Alex didn't grab the vase. He just grabbed a whole handful of papers. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> All right. in. And again, thank you to everybody who submitted topics to us this week because we got a lot. Mm. But yeah, if you guys have anything you want to hear us talk about, definitely send us your suggestions mm, yeah. to... You can send them on our website, 13thfloorpodcast.com or yeah. on Instagram at 13th. Podcast. Yeah, if you click the phone icon on our website uh, and leave a voicemail request, we'll play it like the, the request itself rather than putting it in the base. Just a heads yeah, up. Yeah. So mm. yeah, if you wanna if you wanna hear your, your beautiful voice on this podcast, and it, only submit that if you give us your permission. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Yeah. So, anyways, okay. All right. So, Alex, what are we talking about next week? Dude. Oh, you drew it. You're drew handing it. it to me. Okay. We were talking this about. Hmm? Haunted Places. Haunted Places. Sky L. Sky L. That sounds like a like one of the aliens from uh from Mar- Marvel. Yeah, it kind of does, yeah. Oh, it so, does. Oh no, yeah, I, I guess it's it's super uh, Superman. Superman. Oh, Sky yeah, it L. Sounds, like, oh, yeah, it yeah, sounds more yeah. Kryptonian, yeah, Sky L. Look at you. Yeah, so Sky L. Thank you, Sky L, for the suggestion. I can't wait to Oh no, I <sighs> Yeah, I was going to say, why are you excited about this one? This I'm going to be like scared next you. week, too. All right, you guys. So next week, we're talking about Haunted Places. Yeah. And my friend Caitlin also submitted Haunted Places. So Oh, wow. But a double submission. A double submission. So anyways, you guys, that's what we're talking about next week. Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. <laughs> Alex got a little... A little oddy dotty right there. Yeah. Oh. What was that? Was it an alien? Did you hear that, James? No. Oh, that was Louise. I think our dog sneezed. All right. So. (laughs) It was totally Louise sneezing. It was horrifying for some reason. It was. It sounded like a horn. All right, you guys. Until next week, we hope that you can (laughs) keep keep it it strange. Thank <laughs> you.